Today we celebrate the beautiful feast of the Ascension. This is almost concludes our Easter season. If you can recall, I spoke about the three dimensions on Easter Sunday. I spoke about the three dimensions of the Paschal mystery. And the Ascension being one of them, Christ's Passover from this world to the Father. So this, uh, we're, we're coming close really to the end of the Easter season. We'll finish it uh, ten days from now on uh, Pentecost Sunday. And also as a, as a side note, isn't it cool that you know this part of America is one of the last places actually that retains Ascension Thursday on Thursday? Wouldn't it be cheesy to push Ascension Thursday to Sunday? That's so commonly done. This is one of the last areas in the United States where we keep it on Thursday. Uh, and I think it, it really needs to be kept on Thursday. Um, you miss out a lot on, on the meaning and the significance uh, and the connection, of course, to the actual history of Christ uh, if you push it to Sunday. Because between now and Pentecost Sunday, we've got nine days. And so this is the first novena. This is the first novena. And it's appropriate, I think, to talk a little bit about prayer uh, speaking of uh, novenas and nine days of, uh, and, and prayer, and this is what is going to be preparing us for the coming of the Holy Spirit on, on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, but first, let's uh, just maybe look at some of these opening prayers of our uh, liturgy, some of our prayers of the liturgy. They're very important, and I think they give us good insights into the mystery that we celebrate today. Uh, in, our, in our opening prayer, we say, Gladden us with holy joys, Almighty God, and make us rejoice with thanksgiving for the ascension of Christ your Son is our exaltation. And where the head has gone before in glory, the body is called to follow in hope. So Christ is our head, we are the mystical body. Where he goes, there is our vocation, there is our calling. And so one of the many things we can talk about on Ascension Thursday is the fact that our calling and our ultimate destiny is heaven. Not earth. Isn't that, that's a challenge. We live our lives on earth. We don't know what heaven is, okay, by experience. We just know what earth is by experience, but yet we're called to heaven. Now that's a, it really is quite a challenge. And so maybe today what I would just speak about is just some practical ways of keeping our sights on heaven and not getting too tangled up on earth such that we actually miss heaven. Of course, we have to live on earth, and we have to live in such a way that we make our experience and our life and our time on earth a means to heaven, uh, but we can't let earth, uh, kind of like a quicksand, sort of suck us into its uh, bowels and, and make us remain there such that we never actually ascend to heaven along uh, with Christ our Lord. Uh, so, you know, we've often heard it said, I think, and it's a, it's a common phrase now in the business world. They talk about um, uh, uh, begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. And it's a really, it's a common sense principle of planning and living your life. Okay, if you've got certain goals, you actually begin with like the last stage, your goal in mind, and then you do everything as a step way, you know, as a means to that end. So also when we live our lives on earth, we've got to begin with the end in mind. And our end or our goal is heaven. So we, we need to be mindful of that. But again, the challenge, how do we keep uh, heaven in mind when we're busy with uh, kids and family and work and the, the cell phone ringing, my cell phone buzzes and rings. I get text messages about, you know, three times or four times uh, every minute it, sound, it seems like sometimes. 
And how do you, with all these distractions, how do you keep your mind on heaven? Well, the main way is, is by prayer. Prayer, daily prayer, is essential for keeping our minds on heaven. And uh, the beautiful uh, classic definition of prayer, it probably was first formulated by a, uh, an ancient theologian by the name of St. John Damascene in the 8th century. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's really just embedded in our tradition all throughout uh, the history of the church. Prayer is the lifting up of the mind and the heart to God. Okay, and the asking of good things from God. So that's the classic definition of prayer. The lifting up of the heart and the mind to God. And the asking of good things from Him. But it's, uh, you know, this whole idea of lifting up our minds and our hearts. That's what prayer does. So when we're, when we're constantly disciplining ourselves to, to lifting that mind and that heart up to heaven, and we do that on a daily basis, we're gonna live our lives with our end in mind, with our supreme calling and our destiny, our heavenly destiny in mind. Uh, but as it is in life in general, it's tough to keep our mind on heavenly things and not get too wrapped up in the earth. So also during prayer itself, say you were to take 15 minutes and set aside on a, for, on a daily basis for prayer. Anybody that's tried it, I'm sure we all know this by experience, we come to try to pray, and next thing you know, what do you get? Distractions, constantly, constantly. It seems like all the earth is... Earthly things are trying to hold our, bring our minds down from heaven, okay? Pulling our minds down such that it's difficult to, to lift those minds and those hearts to heaven. Um, think about also, here's another little phrase here, right from the, the Mass. When we do the preface dialogue, it's a beautiful exchange between the priest and the people. The priest says, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord, okay? So again, that importance of lifting up the heart and the mind uh, the Mass being a great way to do that, to keep our minds on heavenly things. But again, as it is in life, as it is during our, our personal prayer time, so it is during Mass. Who doesn't get distracted during Mass? And I, I can't raise my hand to that question. <laughs> Who doesn't get distracted during Mass, right? You, want, you, you, you come to pray, but then you start thinking about all these troubles, maybe hardships in your life. Uh, but certainly just distractions. Oh, what am I going to cook after Sunday? You know. Okay, so these things go through our mind. Okay, they, they tempt us to be embroiled and entangled in the earth. So when we pray, here are just a few, um, and probably for my Pentecost Sunday Mass I'm, uh, homily, I'm going to also talk about uh, um, prayer, and probably also for this Sunday as well I'll talk about prayer. Because again, we've got the first novena, so I think it's a timely... Um, place to the uh, moment in the liturgy to speak about prayer. So regard this as, as a kind of a first installment, just some a few quick tips on prayer. Well, the beautiful thing about the human person is we consist of both soul and body. We've got a spiritual part and a material part, and they're both united into one thing, that is the human person. So they're really intimately connected. You can't separate the two. Okay, so um, oftentimes our uh, body is an expression of our soul. I want to pick up this book that that begins as an intention, as a spiritual reality in my mind, and yet my body expresses that intention by going and picking up this book. Okay, but conversely, and that's a very fascinating thing. Conversely, oftentimes what we do with our body has an effect on our souls. Okay, so it works both ways. There's a sort of a reciprocity between the soul and the body. Again, the oftentimes the the kind of the moment. Uh, the movement starts with the soul and moves outward to the body, but it can be directed the opposite way. 
It can start with the body and be directed to the soul. So a really good practical sort of tips of the of the trade, uh, tricks of the trade for prayer is certain bodily postures. They help our soul and our mind remain lifted up to the Lord. So uh, first of all, uh, one thing is, is first of all, there's many many different uh, legitimate sort of postures in prayer. But something I think in the West we lose track of a little bit. Uh, not so much in the Eastern forms of Christianity, but in the Western forms, we lose track a little bit of it, is the fact that throughout the majority of Christian history, the the, the uh, main posture of prayer is actually standing. It's actually standing and not sitting. Okay, Pews came in. Pews are like this kind of a 16th century Protestant invention. Okay. And, and they just spread like wildfire because, you know, we like to sit down. So there's nothing wrong with that. But we got to understand that pews is not, it's not really something that has been indicative of the Catholic tradition throughout its entirety. All right. Normally what would happen, you'd come into a big open space. And obviously maybe the elderly maybe would have some chairs on the sides or something like that. But for the most part, people worshipped standing. They came into an open space and the holy sacrifice of the mass took place up here. And oftentimes when the, when the priest preached, he would go right into the middle of the congregation and kind of get up on top of a big pulpit, like in the middle of the space. But for the most part, when the actual uh, sacrifice of the Eucharist was taking place, everybody was directed this way and they were standing. Okay. Uh, so standing helps us to actually keep our souls directed upwards to God. All right. So maybe, say you pray 15 minutes a day, pray the first... Five minutes standing, then take a little break, sit down for five minutes, and then stand for the rest of the five. That's just a little tip, okay? Standing helps, all right? Uh, it's also, it denotes respect in the presence of a superior. So if we're imagining God before us, it's, you know, we're standing out of respect for him. And then the second uh, little tip here, trick of the trade, that really helps keep our souls and our minds lifted up to God is literally by lifting our hands, okay? Now, in a, and when we do communal Prayer, sometimes lifting the hands and doing all these different motions can be a little bit eccentric or maybe a little bit like, uh, you know, distracting to others. So I'm speaking primarily of your own personal prayer time. And so during your own personal prayer time, I encourage you to lift your hands to God. Just by doing that, try that for just a minute or two, okay? And, uh, you know, if you can't lift them too high, this is, this is also really kind of a classic prayer position, is just outward. Okay, the hands being spread out like this, it, it actually creates a disposition in the soul of vulnerability, just like Jesus spread his hands out on the cross. He was vulnerable, okay, kind of a weakness before God, a vulnerability before God, an openness before God. Uh, also, a posture of uh, reception as well, when you read this, as if we're reaching out to heaven to receive grace from heaven, okay? And, uh, and also, kind of, um, uh, what else would I say here? So, Yeah, I think probably the main thing is really it, where our hands go, there our minds are. So when we when we lift our hands up, it helps keep our minds and our souls in heaven. Also, too, uh, what we do with our eyes, what we do with our eyes. Now we commonly close our eyes, and that's a good way of praying. Praying with closed eyes. That's a it's a traditional good way to pray. What we're doing is we're kind of cutting ourselves off from the visible world, all right, and we're seeking the invisible world when we close our eyes. But also, another more common, actually, way, when you read all throughout the Psalms and many passages in the Bible, uh, eyes being lifted up, directing our eyes to God, or upwards to heaven, 
That's another way to help keep our, our hearts and our minds upwards to heavenly things is by lifting up our eyes. And you're going to hear me today. I'm going to pray Eucharistic Prayer 1 for our Eucharist. And it's got a beautiful passage that says, um, He took bread in his holy and venerable hand, speaking of Christ, and with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, his Almighty Father. And it's neat because of the directives of the liturgy actually instruct the priest to lift up his eyes. When he, when he does that. So you watch me, okay, because it's going to happen. But let's, let's be mindful of keeping our minds and our hearts in heaven uh, where Christ, our head, has gone. And uh, we do that by praying. And a little trick of the trades sometimes with prayer is by what we do with our body helps that our souls and our hearts be lifted up to heavenly things where our head has gone before and we as the mystical body of Christ are destined to go.